Welcome to another episode of the Ninja Tune Podcast. I'm delighted to have Sluggerbed here as my guest for this time. We're going to be having a chat about his debut album, Time Team, which is out now on Ninja Tune. We're also going to be talking about some of his key influences and all manner of other things. Following that, we're going to have some new tracks from Yipper, from Lawn, DJ Food, Hot Sugar, and Bang On. So yeah, stay tuned for that. to be joined by Sluggerbed, who is our guest for this episode. Very, very pleased to have you here. And uh, yeah, particularly on the eve of the release of your first album. Congratulations. It must be a very exciting time for you. Yeah, no, it's, it's all going real good. It's quite exciting. Um, it's really nice to be putting out my first full-length LP. Everything seems to be taken off good. Does it sound as you'd imagined your first album would sound? Yeah, um... A lot of the stuff I'd put out previous to this uh, was maybe a, a bit more showy in a way, a bit more kind of in-your-face, just sort of trying to make an impression kind of thing. And with this, I've gone a lot more personal, a lot more atmospheric. And uh, yeah, and that's what I always wanted to do with my first full length. You know, it's, it's quite a, a personal thing to be putting out such a big body of work and um, yeah no I think it it's turned out good I'm pleased with it talk about it being personal and were you aware of feeling emotional as you were making it were you 
deliberately portraying those things in a sense yeah I mean it's I was going for trying to portray whatever I was feeling while writing the tracks and uh, you know it's, it's it was never necessarily a overly emotional time or anything it was just kind of um, even if I was just uh, just feeling a little a little jiggly yeah I, I was doing a jiggle there for the benefit of people listening on the radio I was I didn't have the word for it um, yeah and then I'd, I'd make a little jiggly track um, or you know if, if I was feeling a little pissed off because because um, the milkman was late then I would you know make a angry song you know um, but yeah it wasn't it wasn't like a deeply emotional time for me but it was just trying to express little little feelings that can't necessarily be expressed through words through song but without singing with synths and drums more than singing yeah The record is called Time Team, and I was wondering, is that a deliberate reference to your approach to making it? Do you take an archaeological approach to making music, or uh, is it more just, are you a fan of the programme, or, you know, how, how do you come up with the name Time Team? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, I've got my kind of, when I'm in an interview, I say that it's to do with digging up old sound and bloody bloody blah blah but um i quite like the sound of it it made me chuckle i told my girlfriend i was calling my album time team and it made her groan and then chuckle so you know it's it, it it's nice it's it's two four letter words that i like and they both start with t as you pointed out earlier and you know it's a winner <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, while we're on names, Sluggerbed. Where did that come from? Why are you called Sluggerbed? Well, yeah, um, I mean, I used, I used to be a teenager, as many of us did. And uh, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get out of bed very early, very successfully for school. And uh, yeah, my mum used to just come in and be like get out of bed you slug a bed and yeah kind of stuck since then I guess Thank <laughs> you. 
obviously you're here talking to us at Ninja Tune who are putting your record out. How did the relationship with Ninja Tune come about? It was around the time they were uh, putting together the 20 year anniversary box set and um, I can't remember if they approached me at all about albums first or a remix but they definitely asked me if I wanted to do a remix for the box set and um, yeah I think because I, I did the Roots Maneuver Witness remix and I think in a way that kind of uh, you know helped secure the, the kind of album deal because they liked what they heard and it was it was quite nice because it's it was a little kind of glimpse into what I was you know my new kind of style a bit more funky a bit more uh, synth and melodic orientated um, so I think yeah that that kind of helped them make their decision I think remixed a lot of sort of pop and hip-hop stuff um have you made any plans to work more in those genres uh, under the slug of bed monica is that something that you'd move towards ever do you think yeah i mean i'm always i'm always kind of interested in exploring most avenues to be honest um like i like a lot of music and i and i'm quite keen to pursue a lot of music myself creatively you know and uh yeah i'm sure i'll i'll do some more rap stuff i'll do some more kind of jokey pop bootlegs and stuff um but yeah just for this for this lp it was more focusing on just an honest kind of representation of purely stuff that you know my own kind of sound uh Whereas when I'm doing bootlegs, it's more like I want to make it for a party or for just as a joke half the time, to be honest. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I you can definitely expect you know I'll I'll always be doing remixes and and bootlegs of stuff. Yeah, that's something fun to do. Yeah, I started a Van Morrison remix recently, which kind of turns it into weird. It's kind of almost a grime. It's kind of somewhere between house and grime, with a bit of eighties funk and Van Morrison. So, probably won't ever release that. You probably won't ever hear that. But that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, with with your record being almost totally instrumental, and from what I gather, sort of uh, made in your bedroom. Uh, would you ever? Would you see yourself going out and collaborating with vocalists live, or is it, or is that aspect of the music that you make more something that you like to find something and then adapt? I definitely tend to feel more comfortable just in my own space, and you know, kind of uh, using using vocals as another uh, another tool or another instrument, you know. 
Um, but at the same time, I'm completely open to working, you know, going and working with people and, uh, you know, letting them take the reins in a sense, I guess, you know, producing for a vocalist, you kind of have to let them be creative as well because I, I quite like getting sent vocals and then, you know, messing around with them no end, you know. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm fully up for it. I was curious to find out how you make a slugger bed track. Do you start with an element yourself? Do you start with a beat? Do you start with a sample? It changes all the time. Like, it's kind of very higgledy-piggledy. Uh, I quite often will set out with a very uh, precise, literal idea of what I want a finished track to sound like and I'll start laying things down and about an hour into making the track I'll realize it sounds nothing like what I was planning and then by then the ball's kind of rolling and you just go with where the music wanted to take you, you know? Beyond the Price is making song in itself for you. Did you have a plan when you started out making the album of how a whole record, a whole sort of longer form uh, piece of Slugger Bear music would sound? In, in a way, yeah. I mean, as I said earlier, it's just kind of trying to get across everything that, you know, was going on while I was writing it. And um, and it was, it was more like just trying to create a, a good kind of body of work that was very honest and personal to me at the time and then it was more like going back to you know I had maybe 25 tracks or something and I had to whittle it down you know it's sort of as long as I had enough good material in the style that I wanted then I could hone it down to make sense as an album you know With the record made, are you planning to play it live? I am doing a live thing at the moment. Yeah, not not just uh, specifically the album, but you know some older stuff as well and uh, some newer stuff, unreleased stuff as well. But yeah, I've, I've got a, a little live show that I'm doing at the moment. A little basic live show.
you've been out and about lately. You've been you've been on tour to some pretty exotic places. Where's the best place to play? And like, how do you find the audiences abroad? And I guess how do they find you? I've had very good gigs in a lot of places. I think Russia was really good, really enthusiastic and open crowds. Same with Poland and uh, Asia was cool. Like some of the shows in Asia uh, were really empty, but there were people there who knew every single one of the tracks I was playing and were jumping around like mad, you know. And that's cool because I guess you know you're so far away. It's quite exciting if something that they like from the other side of the world comes out there so but yeah I mean I've done I've done shows that I've really really enjoyed in you know every continent that I've played like the States has been really great and um, Europe's always fun Belgium and Holland always great shows UK sometimes alright I guess <laughs> no I'm kidding I like the UK too Whenever we have a guest in um, to record a podcast, we like to kind of do a slightly desert island discs and get you to talk about five of the tracks that have influenced you and what you do and want to talk to you a bit about the five choices that you've made. Um, The first of these is Miles Davis in A Silent Way. Do you want to explain a little bit why that's influenced you and why you picked that as one of the five that you'd like to represent sort of your musical background? Yeah, that's um, that's a track that uh, my mum and dad used to listen to a lot when I was quite small, and uh, and then I didn't really hear it probably from the age of about five or six uh, until I was about sixteen or so, I think, and um, and I heard it and I just felt a real kind of connection with it and. You know, it's an incredibly peaceful record. Uh, I mean, in a silent way, it's the whole, the whole record, which is four twenty-minute tracks or something altogether. Um, I couldn't think of one track to put down off it, but um, but yeah, it's kind of it's a really peaceful thing, and I just heard it, and I didn't know that I'd listened to it a lot when I was a kid, and I got really stuck into it, and then sort of spoke to my parents uh, maybe like a few months into getting really into the record and they were like yeah we we listen to that all the time and my dad had it on on vinyl when he gave me it and um, yeah and it's just been quite a kind of poignant track for me I guess just because it really it's quite nostalgic it's quite powerful you know okay well I think um, we should probably play some of it now so this is Miles Davis in a silent way
that was a section of uh, Miles Davis in a silent way which was the first selection of five the second is um, a slight hop in another direction it's uh, Stormy by, by Madlib do you want to talk to us a little bit about that please this was something I got really into the Shades of Blue album uh, when I was a bit younger than what I am now and uh, yeah it's I mean again it's it's jazz and it's really peaceful and lovely um, I used to have a, a Nokia N-Gage which was one of the first phones I think that played music like really fucking loud like an iPhone does these days uh, and I used to sit in the park with my friends and this was one track that came on repeat all the time I, I mean I listened to the whole album a lot but this one track always really stood out to me it's it's very I love the percussion on it it's it's kind of got quite a thick thumpy kind of uh, production to it but at the same time really kind of nice and soft and jazzy yeah I love it okay so let's play some uh, of Mad Libs Stormy Storming on the Ninja Tune podcast. That was the second, in fact, of Greg's five choices. Uh, the third is Origin Unknown, Valley of the Shadows. Why'd you pick that one? Uh, I used to listen to a lot of drum and bass, and I used to rave out with my friends to drum and bass. And a lot of it I got sick of after a couple of years and didn't want nothing to do with it. But some of it really stuck with me and. Um, this is one of the tracks that did. It reminds me of being in, in like in the cellar of a house or something, 6 a.m., feeling weird and being 15 years old. That can only be a good thing. 31 seconds. 31 seconds. 31 seconds.
That was uh, Valley of the Shadows by Origin Unknown. Um, and your fourth choice is VBO, No More. Would you like to tell us about why you picked that as well? Yes. Um, this was on the first uh, Beat Dimensions compilation that came out through Rush Hour, um, which was one of the first real kind of uh, like beats records that I heard, you know, like whatever they call it, future music or something like that. What do they call it? Beat scene, bass, something like that. And, uh, you know, it was really exciting. It was uh, 2007, 2000, yeah, maybe 2007. And, um, you know, I, I hadn't heard anything like this before. And it was kind of combining real deep atmospheric music with with real slapping hip-hop beats and um, I think this track kind of uh, shows that as much as any of the others but, you know it's a good track oh, well let's stick some on this is VBO No More was VBO no more and uh, the answer to what your fifth choice is the five things that equals Sluggerbed is Sam I Am with Crank That I think he also released it as an instrumental under a different name but I can't remember what it's called right now but um, this probably didn't come out much long after the Beat Dimensions thing maybe 2009 or something and uh, you've heard like the original Crank That Soldier Boy and that was stupid but like Sam I Am just made it like stupid in such a clever way and it kind of smacks hard and stuff cool, and that will now be demonstrated as we play some of Crank That Soldier Boy I'm in it oh. why me crank it why me roll why me crank that Soldier Boy the Superman at home now why me do crank that song 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 now why Soldier Boy Soldier boy, I've been it. Why me crank it? Why me roll? 
was cranked out by Sam I Am on the Ninja Tune podcast. So yeah, I'd be wrapping up soon, but before we do that, when I listen to your record, it sounds kind of like it's been inspired by an old version of the future. It's like a retro idea of what the future is going to sound like. And it's kind of interesting to hear someone making that now, looking back on what those people were trying to evoke in the past. Do you feel, is that something you were aware of and aiming for? I mean, it's not really anything I was aiming for, but it's like, I can see how it might come about. Like, I mean, I used to watch a lot of Tomorrow's World, and that was kind of people in the past guessing about the future. <laughs> I read a lot of sci-fi books, I guess, and that's the same thing. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, my, uh, there's a track near the end of my album called Earth Claps, which to me just fully sounds like really bad kids sci-fi or something like that or or, a, or maybe an educational documentary in the future yeah <laughs> thanks a lot for coming and uh, and having a chat really enjoyed meeting you cool thanks for having me here it's been great Welcome to part two of the Ninja Tune podcast. Um, we're going to be playing some of our favourite new tracks uh, in the coming few minutes, so stay tuned. Uh, the first one of these is Yipper with Film Burn. Film Burn by Yipper. 
Coming up next, uh, we've got Ghost by Lorne. next track we're going to play for you this is dj food and this is the amorphous androgynous remix of the electric hoax Surely now's the time 
That was the amorphous androgynous remix of The Electric Hoax by DJ Food. The next track's from Moon Money by Hot Sugar, which is out on Ninja Tune. by Hot Sugar on Ninja Tune. And finally, it's a Big Dada track, and this is Bang On with Fazia Wop. Duplicates of the fire, the sky with the two of the splits in the eye, the smile of the house. Few of us room, I get it out as mad, that is. Only me for the pan of scouts of you, blue moon, moon. It's that's a mouth, living in a team in a cave. Still old DSS, tear me away. I remember it was like the fear we could make when the bins get extra smelly, cause the flies come out. I was like the eyes will cry. Bagging me head against a brick wall, so large, you can live in next door. Trying to pull me best foot forward, when me foreheads red war. It's like the soldiers so busy, but That was the final track of the Ninja Tune podcast, and that was Fazia Wop by Bang On. All that remains is to thank you for downloading and subsequently listening to the podcast. I'd also like to thank Darren for producing it. I've been your host, Dexter, and yeah, please stick around and listen to the next one as well. Uh.